Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing uh, after uh, another week of pre-season action? Yeah, good, good. Um, I see the Eagles and the Browns tied last night, 18-18, which just about sums up what I think about pre-season. <laughs> Did you also see at the end of the first quarter, it was 3-2 to the Eagles? I did not. I did, I did hear about uh, Marcus Mariota, though. Yeah, not great. I think Tanner McKee is looking like QB2 at the moment, but we'll see. Yeah, things for Mariota have definitely definitely gone down the pan a little bit. Um, But we are here to talk about another division. We are on to the AFC South, did the NFC South last week, AFC South this week. But um, kind of bits of of news and admin before we start. Remember that we are part of the 410 Yards Network and they have a kickoff party at Felsons in Birmingham. You can go online. Uh, full10yards.co.uk get uh, tickets and your tickets include a free, a free drink as well um, so basically pays your £10 ticket almost pays for itself just by you getting your first drink and then also remember there's a season guide so you'll still be able to get in time to read for the season on, on the website as well um, and then some news mate I asked you before the pod any news because that's how kind of engrossed I am in Chiefs only related content and you reminded me about a couple of running backs uh, let's start with Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets quite a bigger deal than I thought. I haven't seen the particulars, but apparently a lot of it's guaranteed. Um, think he'll make much of a difference. Obviously, Bruce Hall coming back from that injury. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Cook was still over a thousand yards last season. You know, I feel like it's just adding another weapon into the Jets, and should make for interesting viewing on the last couple of hard knocks as well, which is uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. true. I can I confirm I have not watched uh, Aaron Rodgers. I watched the first episode. Oh God, he's making me like him. I tell you, this is happening. It's I'm, I'm getting oh, in on. Oh no! Yeah. I know. Yeah. You were his biggest critic in uh, on UK podcasts. It felt oh, like. Yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's your mate. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think he's better than Alexander <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Vikings, Vikings are playing. Um, he does get injured a lot. Last year, funnily enough, was actually one of his healthier seasons. Um, but I think as an RB two or join RB1, however they're going to do it. I think it's a pretty good move and spend some of the money that Rogers, uh, Rogers put aside. I don't know if you saw the story about him tagging uh, David Bakhtiari on Instagram posts as well. Jets Instagram posts, Aaron Rogers, and it just made me yeah, laugh. Yeah, I saw that. He's like sneaking his name in it really tiny and stuff. Yeah, I said that twice on two different pods and I was like, oh, I think they're going to trade for Bakhtiari. Because in preseason, I know you don't value it very much, but their tackles and in camp as well. I was, I was reading something the other day. It was like a... It's a drive, so it's an eight-play drive, and it was sack, sack, throw away, four yard out, dump to the running back, sack, 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 or something like that. And I was just there, like, oh my god. And the Jets report was like the tackles are getting killed in joint practice today. Um, yeah. So I could see them uh, them trading for him. The other running back is um, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott signed that huge contract with Dallas. Didn't quite work out there the last couple of years. Um, he signed for the Patriots. Um, um, this signing's crazy. The only thing I thought about this signing was how annoying for fantasy football. That's the only thing I thought about when I saw this signing. Yeah, I, he, he, uh, I saw him walking out the other day. I don't know if it's the way that he had his equipment, but he looked a big fella. <laughs> so he looks like he uh, needs this training camp. The is he a fullback? Few... Fullback now, is he? <laughs> and now he, he looked that way, mate, but maybe it was just the way he had his equipment. But I'd like to see him... Uh, yeah, succeed in his in his whatever his role's going to be with the uh, with the pass. It'll be interesting for him. He's going to be a goal down. Uh, sorry, a goal um, kind of third down back. Yeah, a goal line kind of one yard runner feels like to me. But we'll see. Uh, and then last bit of news: um, Ravens lost Marlon uh, Humphrey to a foot injury, and they signed Ronald Darby uh, to a three point two million dollar deal to replace him to try and give some kind of cover in the secondary. You all know Ronald Darby pretty well. Not quite sure he fits the Marlon Humphrey mould, but maybe it's better than having no one there. So, Yeah, maybe it is, but I'm not sure about that, to be honest, at the kind of his uh, ripe old age and experience. So, yeah, I'm not sure with that. It's a shame about Marlon Humphrey, isn't it? Yeah, that whole Ravens defence been injured, it felt like, hasn't it, for like two seasons. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they don't get as many as they did last year, because that really ruined the... Uh, the battle of the North down the end, down the end of the season. Um, cool. On to the South then. AFC South this week. Um, looking back at last year, so the Jags won the division. 
Titans came second, Colts third, and then Texans fourth. Colts and Texans had two of the worst seasons. How the Colts beat the Chiefs, by the way, still, in uh, week four when I was on my holiday. Completely ruined my holiday, so thanks for that, Indianapolis. Um, in terms of looking back off the Jags, lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs after that crazy comeback against uh, the Chargers, which I actually watched that game the other day because I did a preview pod for the AFC West for someone, and I, I watched that game, and Trevor Lawrence was so good in the second half. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, Titans obviously came second, and one stat I wanted to read out, which might lead towards where we're going later in the pod, is uh, they were the most injured team in the entire NFL last year, mate. The gap between them and the 31st injured team was the same as the gap from team that was 31st to the team that was 15th. <laughs> That's how many injuries they had, almost like quadrupled the team that was mid, mid-pack mid in terms of injuries. It's one of the most injured seasons in the last 15 years when I was looking back at the research. Uh, and then Colts hired Jeff Saturday, which was obviously an absolute disaster. Me and you loved that. We were taking the mick of him every week. And then the Texans carried on doing Texans things, but it looks like maybe this year they've finally uh, found a coach. Any thoughts for a quick recap on on the South last year? Anything surprise you or anything kind of jumps out to you? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's all about the tennis, the Tennessee Titans, isn't it? Like you said, there they lost. Uh, they were seven and three at one point. I think this is what shocks me the most is when I look back now, the streaks to end the season were insane. Obviously, the Jags were at four and eight, won five in a row, won the division. Yeah. Titans were at seven and three, and lost seven in a row, seven and ten. Colts <laughs> lost seven in a row to end the season. Oh, yeah, absolute madness. <laughs> the Colts were four and five at one point. Yeah, and then the Texans go on a crazy one-game winning streak at the end with that fourth down <laughs> play by Lovey Smith to say "f you" to the owner. That was a pretty cool moment as well. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Yeah, you're right. I kind of forgot about that seven in a row, the Titans. Because uh, I remember it was just getting worse and worse, wasn't it? And every week someone was, else was getting injured. And you could just see Mike Vrabel just getting more and more annoyed on the sideline every week. Yeah. I'd... Could be a bounce back Yeah, I'm sure we're going to discuss that for the tennis thing. Yeah, but they can't be as injured as they were last year. But the final point, I guess, from last year, Jags. Um, we spoke about it all off-season last year, how much we love Doug Peterson how much he's obviously an upgrade. Everyone knew that on Urban Meyer. But were you surprised how good they were, like in terms of, or maybe how good they were perceived to be? And then you look and see it was only nine and eight. <laughs> yes, I think that that shocks you because you remember now taking away. If you'd have made me guess, I'd have said that they won ten games. But yeah, same. Um, yeah, oh, this is the perception, isn't it? In a in a poor division like this was last year, you're always looking for the bright spot, aren't you? And, you know, the Jags are kind of like seen as a big UK team and everyone loves Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I'm obviously love Doug Peterson for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you, you kind of look back on it favourably. It's another interesting season coming up for Jacksonville. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, cool. Let's get on to talking about uh, this season then. Um so where the uh, schedules run out and the fact that the some teams in this division aren't very good, it won't surprise anyone to know that Jags have got a top 12 easiest schedule in the league. Titans have got a top 10. Texans have got a top 7. Colts have got a top 3. So all the teams in this uh, in this division have got easy schedules. The team they play, they're, they're not unfortunate for who they play in the NFC. Um, so yeah, a lot of these teams will be thinking they'll win more, much more games this year than they than they did last year. We'll start with Jacksonville. Um, offense first, I guess. The story of their offseason, mate, on both sides of the ball, is they've hardly made any changes. <laughs> um, the biggest one is on offense. The, with that trade for Calvin Ridley at the deadline last year, it looked a bit of a weird trade. In the end, because he got reinstated with the league, they probably paid less than I think they should have in the end. like They, they actually probably got a really good deal because they took the risk and hoping that he would get cleared and if he didn't they'd have wasted those picks for no reason but um that's really good he's took the number double zero which i absolutely love uh and then they also drafted anton harrison in the first round who uh teams apparently like the chiefs and eagles really really liked if uh, if jacksonville wouldn't have picked him so not kind of much additions i know evan ingram signed a new deal which people are pretty ha- uh, pretty happy about luke fortner um center from the draft last year should be better brandon scherf kind of restructured his deal to save a bit of cap space he'll be there um, they lost right tackle Juwan Taylor, but they feel like obviously Anton Harrison can step in. Uh, and then their left tackle, I think, also is banned for the first few games for, uh, for maybe a PED suspension. Um, so, yeah, not many changes, mate, but a left tackle maybe of the future, a wide receiver one maybe of the future. 
And it could still be quite a good off-season for the offence, weirdly, even though they haven't done much. Yeah, it was crazy when I was looking through earlier on um, over the cap, and I was like, my God, they've done nothing, like, at all. Barely lost anyone. Yeah, the right tackle. He was the only one that's kind of above... 60% snaps that they lost or brought in. Yeah, it was really, really, really strange. Obviously, they kind of like what they've got. And now the, the Ridley thing looks a masterstroke because he looks good in camp. Yeah. How um, much stock we're going to kind of put into that. He looks really good. I saw the ropes that he was running and then Zay Jones was running <laughs> through him. And it looks like uh, he makes it look like it's me on you running St. James' routes, doesn't it? Just the speed is just unbelievable. So, yeah, that looks like it's going to pay off in for what they've paid. So, But, yeah, they obviously like what they've got. And Have you uh, sold a um, Calvin Ridley double zero item yet online? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done a double zero in anything. I just can't believe it. I just think it's the coolest number going. <laughs> well, especially for him, because he wears like a... Complete blacked out visor as well, doesn't he? On his helmet, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. He looks he looks pretty cool in double zero. So I, I reckon that'll be the first one you get. Maybe it'll take week one. You know, if Ridley goes for hundred yards, two touchdowns, everyone becomes a bit of a a bit of a believer. But yeah, you're right. Not not much else on the offense. Um, in preseason, by the way, they were playing two tight ends quite a bit in the first game, and they paid. Uh, oh, sorry, in training camp, and they were playing Zay Jones on the other side of Calvin Ridley, and Kirk was on the sideline. Do you read anything into that? Because I thought Kirk. Didn't live up to the contract, but I thought him and um, him and Trevor had a pretty good connection last year. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully that's not anything moving yeah. forward. I thought Kirk was actually really good last season. Obviously, his contract was big, but they were kind of just out spending money, weren't they? <laughs> yes, they were, yeah. They were just spending money. So, yeah, I thought he was pretty good, actually, last season. So, I hope that's not a sign of things to come because, yeah, he was good and he had a good connection with Trevor. Definitely. Um yeah, offensive line is a bit of a worry. Uh, it's Cam Robinson, the name of the left tackle, obviously, that's banned. Walker Little will play there. There's a lot of talk that when Cam Robinson comes back, Walker Little will go to left guard, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. And they'll leave Anton Harrison at right tackle. Um, before we get on to, obviously, Trevor, because we need to kind of end with him, really, for the offense, because he is the, the main guy. Any worries about the offensive line? Because I know I'm biased, because my team is the one who signed Juwan Taylor, but missing Cam Robinson for those games... Will he come back fully fit? And then obviously missing your right tackle, who's really good last season. I am a little bit worried that could be a, a bit of an issue because when Trevor does have a lot of pressure from the edge, is that is the time when he does make those silly interceptions that he does? 100%. I think it's uh, a, a, an issue, especially to start the season without, um, without Cam Robinson because you've got three either rookie or second-year players on your line because the centre is a second-year player. So, you know, you've got three of those on your line. 60% of your line is a one- or second-year player. That, for me, is a worry. Obviously, they've got a great right guard in Scherf. But, mm. yeah, apart from that, mate, that, that for me, is a worry because you are right. Well, as soon as the pressure comes and he starts, he, he's not one for kind of maybe just ending the drive, throwing it away, always looking to make something happen, isn't he, Lawrence? So it's that is when that comes in and can kind of get behind the eight ball. I mean, with the starters, is it three games that Cam Robinson's out? So he's missing four, which is um, Colts on the road, Chiefs at home, Texans at home, Falcons at home. I'd say that's a pretty nice stretch because even including the Chiefs, I know the Blitz, they're going to get Blitz to death, aren't they, by Spags, but... I wouldn't say the pass rushes of those four teams are great. I know the Colts have got a couple of good names, but they weren't good last year. But I'd say those four are okay to miss. But then his first game back will probably be against Von Miller. So <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can you can kind of look at it in that way, but I would also look at it in that way as the real one would be three and one after those after those first four games with the loss to the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's yeah. tricky, really. It's see how it holds up. Maybe it holds up well because I'd like to see Lawrence progress further as a passer and just make a few more smarter decisions. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they need three and one because if you look at the schedule, um, I know quarterback's not my my guy, but this roster's good. They've got in terms of Steelers, they've got Steelers followed by the 49ers, followed by the Titans, who we'll talk about that, who I quite like. Then they get a week of the Texans, but then they go Bengals, Browns, Ravens, like. There's a six, seven week stretch bang in the middle of the season where five of the six games are really hard. So 
I don't think they're going to be one and three after the first four. But if you're them, you are saying, look, we don't, we, don't, we probably don't want to be two and two. Let's just, do you know what I mean, let's take care of the the two division opponents and then have the home game against the Falcons, win that, and we'll go into Buffalo three and one. Because I think if you're two and two going into Buffalo, probably two and three, that's when it can get difficult with the middle season stretch. I think they need to go three and one, don't they? Yeah, no, I would uh, absolutely agree with you. And obviously, it's difficult with, for me, I believe it's difficult. I mean, the back-to-back London games, you know, Falcons oh, yeah. and then the Bills, the, the, that for me, I mean, obviously negates kind of any home field that they will have against Atlanta. So. Oh, I forgot that they were uh, both yeah, in Yeah, back-to-back, first time ever, isn't it? So That well, might make the Buffalo game easier. It's <laughs> not in Buffalo. Could but... be, yeah. But yeah, I've got a few friends that are going to uh, the Bills game as well. Um, cool. Well, before we touch on Trevor last, uh, obviously a bit of a different situation. They had um, James Robinson, who did so well, kind of split in the backfield in camp last year. This year, it's firmly Travis Etienne as the starter. But Tank Bigsby in the third round of the draft has had a hell of a lot of snaps. Uh, got Jermichael Hasty there, a bit of a third down back. Dearness Johnson, who had kind of good numbers in his minimal spells in, in Cleveland. I think the running back room is also pretty good. I, like wide receiver room is pretty good. Running back room is pretty good. Tight end room is pretty good. I think I think the run game will be just as good as the pass game. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I thought ETN was um, was great at times last season. Really, obviously, really versatile player, isn't he? So yeah, interesting to see uh, how much uh, how many snaps Bigsby gets so this season. I know he's getting the uh, lion's share in preseason, but you know, see, we won that be a great uh, one-two tandem. You can kind of get that going. Tank Bigsby in a few uh, fancy drafts because uh, Travis Etienne is a very good player, but he is also injured quite a bit. So yeah, <laughs> I've gone, yeah. I've gone for Tank Bigsby just in case. Um, let's end with Trevor Lawrence and year two in the system. I thought he looked really good last year. Uh, I know he had the first half against Chargers, so you can't ignore that. But second half of the Chargers, like best quarterback in the game. I just think he's kind of becoming who we thought he is. I, I do think he maybe throws more risky, like bad throws than we all thought he would. I think his high-level throws are just as good. I think his running is just as good. I think his game management is just as good as we all thought, maybe better. But I think he throws more risky throws than anyone thought. Maybe that's just because Clemson, everyone was open all the time and he didn't need to do it. But um, how kind of big of a step do you think he'll make this year? Are we talking about MVP-level contender top five quarterback going to battle it out with Burrow, Allen, Mahomes in the wet, in the, in the, um, in the AFC, or is he not quite there for you yet? What I would say is, um, even just kind of short history, only 10, 15 years ago, the expectations wouldn't on a third year quarterback, wouldn't have even have been an MVP level player, but the, the way that it's changed with obviously the new guys coming in the league, the Mahomes, the Lamars, the Burrows, you're kind of expecting that jump in year three already for, and then maybe it's seen as a disappointment if he's not kind of in the top eight for the MVP rankings. So it's the expectations, isn't it, of someone with a pedigree like Lawrence that you're expecting that. And I think, I mean, he cut down on his interceptions by over 50% last season. He threw double the amount of touchdowns. I know he... Obviously, he had Urban Meyer in the first season. That was just an absolute disaster. But his decision-making was better at times. I think he thinks, I've got the talent to make these crazy throws. I think he does have the arm talent. But obviously, then just getting the brain-dead decisions out is probably where he's going to improve, isn't it? So, But he's going to need better numbers than 25 touchdowns yeah. to be considered even in an MVP top 10 consensus. Yeah, they weren't great in the red zone last year at all. Um, I think Calvin Ridley does fix that. He scored a lot of touchdowns, didn't he, for the Falcons when Julio was there? Because that was always the joke, wasn't it? Julio never gets the touchdowns. Calvin Ridley gets all the touchdowns. But yeah, we'll see. I think the offense will be great. Like In terms of how it would be different to last year, I think they've got a wide receiver one now. I think Ridley's that good. Um, and I think the, the offense will be better than last year. Year two in the system for Trevor, better wide receiver one. I am a bit worried about the tackles, but I think Doug Peterson is a little bit like kind of Andy Reid in that sense that he knows how to get the best out of a, an offensive line. He did it in Philly for a long time with obviously a good offensive line, but uh, they had a lot of injuries at times in Philly and he, he always dealt with it well. So I think the offensive line should be okay. 
Um, defense then, very similar story in terms of they didn't do a lot. <laughs> it's a very similar team to the team that played last year. They have added some depth in the draft. A lot of their late round picks, fifth round picks, fourth round pick linebacker, fifth round pick linebacker, fourth round pick defensive end, sixth round pick safety, sixth round pick corner, sixth round pick corner. So they've gone really young uh, in terms of the, the depth on the roster. But there's so many high-level picks, mate, still on this defense. But I do look at it and think it's not very good. <laughs> I don't know what you think, but I'm looking at the names on the paper. And in college, I love some of them. But how they played in the NFL, I don't think this defense is going to be very good, personally. It needs several jumps up in level, doesn't it? Like, I'd yeah. love to see more out of Trayvon Walker for a start. And Josh Allen. To be fair, I mean, this must be his last year and his rookie deal. Josh yeah, Allen. yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, so just, yeah, the levels like that, if they don't kind of just step up to the pedigree of the kind of college careers, it's, yeah, it's looking a little bit tricky on defence. And that helps you this season in the division, but going down the future, you'd expect the two rookie QBs to improve upon what they're going to be like this season so yeah for me it's really really it's probably below average defense isn't it but i really would love to see like a trayvon walker or devon lloyd as well i mean he was a first round pick last year wasn't he i'd love to see him kind of take us next step up because i loved lloyd if you remember i really wanted the eagles <laughs> to draft and uh, you were on the bloody linebacker in round one hype just like not good <laughs> you were love you were all over that weren't you but you went <clears throat> Yeah, for Nicobe Dean instead, the man that's half the size of Devon Lloyd. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, I was listening to a pod the other week and uh, I didn't realise this because I think you kind of, maybe when you're in week 14 onwards and some of the teams you're not not caring about, but you don't necessarily notice certain things. He actually got benched, Devon Lloyd did, down the stretch last year for Chad Moomer. They, were, they weren't oh, playing Devon just Lloyd crazy. down the stretch. So he needs to have a much better season. Uh, and I think Trayvon Walker as well needs to have a better pass rush season. He was good against the run last year. They dropped him into coverage a little bit, but I'm not saying he's ever going to be Micah Parsons, but they want him to play like Micah Parsons. I think he needs to be better in terms of pass rush. Um, yeah, I think the defensive tackle situation is okay. Defensive end, other than Josh Allen, not great for me. Um, linebacker room should be good because they have, like we said, they have got Devin Lloyd, Chad Moomer. Obviously, they've got Trayvon Walker who drops in and plays linebacker at times. And they've got Kayvon Chase on as well. He's played there as well. So it sh should be okay. Um, one player I do like, I don't want to get your view, is I quite like Andre Sisko plays safety. I think he's very, very good. Very aggressive player uh, in coverage. I think he fits the division with teams that want to run the ball as well. Um, I think Andre Sisko could probably be in for a bit of a jump. Third round pick last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely coming out of third round. He he looked good, didn't he, last season? So, yeah, he's uh, he doesn't have that great safety kind of next to him. So I feel like he's kind of got to lead that room, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he really has. The secondary looks quite bad, doesn't it, on paper? They're probably... What we're looking at, they've got Tyson Campbell who I quite liked in the draft, but wasn't quite as good, but hopefully he can take a leap. Rayshon Jenkins, undrafted player, got Andre Sisko. Uh, Darius Williams actually really good for the Rams a couple of years ago, but not great last season. Then Trey Herndon, who has quite an up-and-down career, but he's very athletic. I think teams will throw all over that secondary, mate, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you got to look, and it's just the, the CJ Anderson pick really hurts you, doesn't it? High pick. In the first round just didn't work out at all and now you can see kind of on paper where the weakness is in the whole team really isn't it yeah he's been traded away now isn't he as well yeah he was traded yeah yeah panthers i think um yeah i think this team is going to be fun to watch because they're going to score loads of points but i think they're going to give up quite a lot of points as well i don't want to just say it's my team but you've got the chiefs the bengals the bills even that maybe even teams, funny enough, like the Titans, like the Falcons, they'll score. Po I think they'll score points against them. I honestly do. I, I just think, maybe it doesn't mean they're not going to win games because I think Trevor will score enough points to win a lot of games. But, um, but yeah, I think they'll concede a lot. They got Mike Cordwell as well as DC. I don't think it was very good um, in his last role. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the, uh, I'm worried about the defense. The defense was like 26th last year, by the way, in efficiency. I just don't think it's going to get any better. I am surprised they they didn't add more on the defensive side in the off-season. But there's still a couple of weeks. Maybe they'll add a veteran here or there. Yeah, so. I, I mean, you can, I feel like just 
smuttering in one veteran's not going to do a lot, is it, for, <laughs> for the defence? But, yeah, well, the division is there to be won, isn't it? So, But apart from that, I'm not sure how much further that this kind of team could go this season. As to last season, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The sec- winning a playoff game, you know, the second round of the playoffs feels like a real big achievement for them, so... Yeah, and that's an important win as well for for, for Trevor and Pete and Doug in the in the playoffs. Um, I believe I could be wrong that Davion Clowney took a visit to Jacksonville as well. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. I wouldn't if you added him. I would not be sat here as a Chiefs fan or a Bengals fan or a Bills fan, being like, okay, I'm worried about how he's going to affect our offense. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll have a couple of good games, very good against the run, which might help. But yeah, he's he's not quite the player that we all thought he was going to be. But yeah, he's a good option if he's your third pass rusher, but he might be their second pass rusher. So uh, we'll see. On to the Titans then. Like I said, so the Tennessee Titans have been a weird off season for them and obviously end of last season with changes at the top of the uh, top of the organization. GM wise, obviously Mike Vrabel seems to have more control uh, of the team. Um, we'll talk about in a minute whether that's good or bad, but uh, let's start with the offense. Um, last year, one of the worst wide receiver rooms in the league. They kind of looked like they were going to have the worst wide receiver room in the league again. And then they signed DeAndre Hopkins uh, as a free agent for, for pretty good money. Uh, I was in the camp that he's still good. I don't think he's old DeAndre Hopkins, but I still think he's a very good player. So I think he is a clear wide receiver one for them. Traylon Burks is a very good player looking for good year too, but he got injured actually um, the other day. So I'm not sure what that means. The offensive line is pretty bad. Uh, but they did add Peter Skronsky in the first round, which me and you both loved. Andre Dillard from Philadelphia, which you'll probably be able to say more than me is how good he is, but um, has not been good at tackle, according to all reports from, from Philly. Um, and then the rest of the offensive line. So Daniel Brunskill from San Francisco overpaid for him, but he was pretty good last year. It's a pretty, pretty poor, pretty poor line. Um, tight end room is very similar. Did have Josh Wiley in the draft, but you've got um, kind of Chig Okawonko there still. He played really great last season. Ryan Tannehill's still there. They haven't traded him yet. Uh, they did draft Malik, uh, sorry, um, Will Levis in the second round, but Malik Willis has actually been the uh, <laughs> the backup in camp, which is not great for uh, for Will Levis. Uh, Derek Henry's still there. They kept him, didn't trade him, but they added Tajay Spears in the third round after he got reported as bad medicals. But in preseason, Tajay Spears looks really, really good. Um, when you look at the offense, then, mate, what what do you think? Because I'm, I'm trying to compare it to last year, not the team that was the one seed. And I think like the wide receiver room might be better just because of how good Hopkins is. I, I love Skaronski, but from the offensive line, I don't know. Last year was so bad. Is it even worse? Um, and then I look and say, right, they got Chig as well, Tannehill, Derek Henry, Tajay Spears. I think the offense can actually be good, but I think there'll be some games when the offensive line just gets absolutely killed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one thing I would say is off the bat is this offense is lucky it's in this division. I think that would be a starting point. I don't like. I think Andre Dillard was a really, really big disappointment for the Eagles. I'm not sure how he's going to work out for Tennessee, but he wasn't good at most kind of snaps he had. I mean, he barely saw the field at all last season, but prior to that, he's not good at all. I like the pickup of Chris Moore, actually. I think he's a kind of decent depth receiver but it's for me it's all the improvement on the offense is going to be all DeAndre Hopkins isn't it because Burks is kind of looks like he's got a little injury at the moment and he didn't look great did he last season and Westbrook Akinia he kind of gives you what he does he's probably like a wide receiver 3-4 he's nothing special at all but I don't know mate I feel like they just kind of added in you know, you know, is he still elite, Hopkins? I'm not sure he might be at that level, but he's still a very, very good receiver. I feel like they just added that in, and they kind of go in again. I know Skaronski, I know how much you loved him in the draft, so I feel like they're going again, just kind of rolling with what they've got, Tannehill and Henry, one more time. I think Spears should add some bit of excitement in, but overall, I'm not that high on Tennessee. I just think they're kind of battle for the division because they're in a weak division but yeah you know like the AFC has completely the rest of the AFC is completely caught up and took over Tennessee I mean the last five years you know they were they won a lot a lot of games you know yeah, yeah. playoff games as well but I just can't see that continuing now yeah as a team I guess not offense specific but 
I do believe in Mike Vrabel's ability to uh, to win games, and you know if they're in the red zone in the fourth quarter and four from one, he's going to make the call for Derek Henry to run it in or throw it in, or Ryan Tannehill to do some sort of crazy run out the out the side of the pocket and, and roll in, and like, I just think he makes good decisions as a head coach. So I, I think they'll still be good, but yeah, the, the, talent-wise, the rest of the AFC's definitely caught them up. But I'd even argue the last two seasons they weren't that talented, but coaching has got them wins. Like. Everyone said, including me, like how bad last season was for them. Obviously, injuries were bad. They still won seven games. Do you know what I mean? Like seven games would have been they won more than like the Raiders and Broncos, who teams were raving about. The same as the the Browns, uh, same as the Jets, who people thought could make the playoffs for a lot of the season. Um, and I just think a lot of that is because of because uh, of the head coach. But yeah, maybe not the offense. How much do you think Tajay Spears will actually play? Because it is going to get to the point where I'm not saying Derek Cameron takes a step back this year, but maybe you want to push him to take 20% back. So then in fourth quarters of certain games or big games or playoff games, he's got a little bit more about him. Do you think Tajay Spears plays a lot? Because he's looked that, good in preseason. That is exactly what you need now with Henry, isn't it? There's no point in keeping what you've got. You know, what is he? I think it's his seventh or eighth year coming up in the league. You can't keep running him to the ground forever because eventually that just falls off a cliff, doesn't it? We've seen it with everyone else. And that's the last thing you want. You want to kind of keep him healthy. You're going to be in the division battle till kind of the end of the season, you know, maybe into the playoffs. So you're going to need Henry to be healthy because otherwise, when we've seen him without Derrick Henry in the last five years, there's not a lot on offence, is there? There hasn't been a lot on offence. I know they've got Hopkins now. Should negate that. But yeah, keeping him healthy with a dose of, Spears and plus he's an exciting running back, so it's that would be good. I should have mentioned Jalen Duncan as well, who I thought was a third round grade on my board that they, they got in the sixth round on offensive line, but we'll see how good how good he is. Um quick question for you to end the offense then, because I think they're gonna be better than last year because of Hopkins and the injuries and Tanhill was injured so much. So I think they will be better. I think it will look exactly the same as the Titans have always looked. But my question is how many games does Malik Willis play this year and how many games does Will Levis play this year? Will Levis will play zero, I believe. Um, and so he should. I think, uh, can you trust Tannehill to stay healthy? I'd say Malik Willis may play a handful of games, to be honest. Yeah. Three or four I'm, not, I'm not sure they're going to need to bench Tannehill through. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation, isn't it, with uh, something like that. He's never been kind of like a top-level quarterback, but he's always been very serviceable in Tennessee. So uh, Malik Willis looks a little better as well, doesn't he, pre-season? The old thing about drafting him in the third round and then Levis in the second round in following drafts, (laughs) not looking like great decisions at all, is it? No, it is not great that Will Levis has taken third rep, third QB reps at all. But yeah, I think Tannehill will play every game unless he's hurt and he, he does get hurt a little bit. So I think Malik might play two games, something like that, maybe. Um, but yeah, we'll see. If Tannehill plays 17 games, they've definitely got a better chance of uh, winning games. Um, on to defense then. This is basically this team's calling card. Obviously, Mike Grable, uh, known for, for, for being a good defensive play caller as well. Shane Bowen, who's the DC. Um, really good scheme last season, called the plays a lot down the, well, for last season completely. Um, and yeah, the defense has been excellent for years. It's the hardest defense the Chiefs always have to play. Like every time we play them, it's such a slugfest. Um, and they've kind of got the same core pieces. Obviously, Jeffrey Simmons signed a new deal, um, which was really, really good. Harold Landry, who was their massive kind of free agent signing the year before, was injured. He's back healthy now. Um, You've got, I think, Marnie Hooker, who got injured a lot last year. He's healthy in preseason. Same with Kevin Bayard. They added Shorten Murphy Bunting from Tampa Bay, um, who to play outside corner. He is very hit and miss, but he was good two seasons ago. So they'll be hoping he can have a kind of resurgence. Al Zahir Zahiz from uh, San Francisco linebacker. He was great for San Francisco last year. Uh, and then they added Arden Key as a pass rusher as well. So for me, mate, I know it's not the best defensive names on paper, but. I think it's quite deep on the front, at least. I think the front is very good. I think the play calling is very good every single year. And as long as a couple of those corners stay healthy because they have not got depth in the secondary, I think the defense will be a top five or six, seven unit just because of every year. Every year their defense is so good. And I, I think you've got Autry, Tart, Simmons, Key, um, Weaver, Landry, all that can 
rush the passer, and a lot of them had more than four sacks last year. I think they'll just share the sacks around. I think the defense is going to be good. Yeah, you've got a good rotation there. Haven't you? A really, really good rotation on the front line. When you, you kind of look at the, the depth chart as a whole, it's, it feels better than you remember. But I don't know whether that's because I thought it was just coming down to coaching. But actually, this is uh, definitely the best defence in the division, isn't it? I'd love, love Caleb Farley to kind of get over the injury stuff and see what he can do in the NFL. I think um, he's on the pub list at the moment, isn't he? But... He's always on the pup list, it feels like. Yeah, I know, yeah. I really hope he can kind of get over those injury injury issues and then kind of see what, see what he's made of. But the, I really like the... Uh, so I forgot that um, Sean Murphy-Bunting actually was going to be starting a cornerback, so I like that. And overall, really, really solid. Feels like it's got some good depth to it with great defensive coaching as well, doesn't it? Yeah. But they've got some youngish players as well, like Christian Fulton's good. He's the one you don't want to get injured. But Roger McCary, Elijah Molden, and obviously Caleb Farley, who you mentioned, they're all pretty high, kind of first, second or third round picks. And I feel like if they can step forward this year, the defense might be better than than a lot of people think. But yeah, I just love that front. Like against the run, if you're playing Autry, Tartan, Simmons, no one runs against the Titans. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know a lot of these teams won't, but with rookie QBs and Travis Etienne, they're still going to in the division they're still going to have to face um, kind of a lot of running. And this is the ninth easiest schedule in the league as well. And if we did this last episode as well, when you look at the actual schedule on paper, I know some of that's because they play the teams in their own division. But if you look at some of the teams they play and how many of them might just try and run the ball because that's just who they are, I think that the front will be quite good. Like the Saints are going to run the ball a lot. The Browns are going to run the ball a lot. The Colts are going to run the ball a lot. The Falcons are going to run the ball a lot. The Ravens, the Steelers, the Bucks. I'm not quite sure about the Panthers, but yeah, Seahawks run the ball quite a bit as well. Um, I think the front's going to be good just for, for them stopping the run. Um, their secondary was the most injured in this whole NFL last year. That was one of the reasons why they were so high on the total injury list. And for me, I think that I think that they'll, they'll improve there. One worry for me, and I want to get your thoughts, is the linebacker room. Harold Landry is like an outside linebacker, but he's really a pass rusher. He won't actually play linebacker. I like Al Shahir, but apart from that, Monty Rice, I thought, was poor last year. I don't even know who Jack Gibbons is. Um, ben Neiman was awful uh, for the Chiefs. I think the linebacker room as a whole could be a bit of a worry, uh, and I think that's where teams could pick on them for tight ends against the, the, the linebackers. I mean, Jack Gibbons is... On the depth chart down to start, he was an undrafted free agent from uh, last season. I remember that. So, yeah, it's quite a weak room there, isn't it? You've got some kind of undrafted and late round picks of Chance Campbell in the sixth round last year. It's, yeah, it's not, not the greatest room <laughs> in the world, is it? I did have to laugh as well. Have you seen Arden Key going one on one with the Christian <laughs> Darasaur? Yes, that was quite an embarrassing rep for Arden Key. I felt it was good. That was going nuts on uh, on Twitter, and then I saw people calling it a pancake, and <coughs> then like Kyle Long and uh, Mitch Schwartz were like, "This is not a uh, pancake, but it's a hell of a block." <laughs> so yeah, I did see that. That was all, all the talk on on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to have a good season if they stay healthy enough. The problem is they added Jodrick Hopkins as their star player, who's always injured. So they need him to not always injured, but injured the last two seasons. So they need him to stay healthy. But I think the defence will be good. Um, on to the next team then. So the Colts, one of the two teams we're going to be talking about that's got a rookie QB. Uh, obviously, hell of an addition for them. They've gone with Anthony Richardson. A lot of talk in the draft on who they'd go for. And I bet they're pretty glad that they didn't go for, with Will Levis for how the uh, the offseason's turned out for him. Um, they added Isaiah McKenzie in free agency to play slot receiver. They added Josh Downs in the draft in the third round, who was also a slot receiver. They added Bashad Perryman as an outside kind of speed threat. Um, offensive line, unfortunately for them, is probably going to be similar to last year. They've added some kind of backup guys, and they've added Blake Freeland from uh, from the draft in the fourth round this year. I think he was at um, BYU. Uh, he can play tackle or guard. And then the uh, tight end room, still got the huge monsters that are Jelani Woods and Mo Cox, but added Will Mallory from Miami in the fifth. Um Oh, yeah, and Zach Moss as well, uh, and Evan Hull in draft for, for the running back room. Looking at the offense, mate, 
on paper, the actual line is okay if you didn't watch last year, but all these players on the offensive line took a massive step back last year. The wide receiver room, I'd say, mm, I'm worried that there's no wide receiver one there. Um, but I think we're all going to be watching to see how good Anthony Richardson is and how much they throw the ball. Obviously, with Shane Steichen coming in to call the plays from, from Philadelphia, are they going to run it loads or, or are they going to uh, throw the ball around the yard? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's been announced as the week one starter, hasn't he? I think I saw that the other day. I'm worried for his first season, to be honest. He felt like the guy that perhaps had the most talent but really could have done with sitting for for a year or for a majority of the year. But, you know, they've only got Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger behind that. And it feels like the organisation <laughs> needs some kind of start again with a new head coach needs some excitement there. You're definitely right, there's no wide receiver one. I actually like Pittman and Alec Pierce, but they're not wide receiver ones, are they? They're great, both great twos or threes are behind that. McKenzie was okay at times for Buffalo, but obviously they got Josh Downs, didn't they, in the third round? But I don't know, mate. I, I, I'm slightly worried for Richardson this season because it, even the real key guys on the line in Nelson and Kelly were not as good as we know them to be last season, were they? So the tackles I'm worried for as well. They're the biggest worry. The the interior, if that can kind of get back to normal, it should be better, but the tackles is not great. I don't know, I feel for Richardson the first year, I hope he can kind of get through it injury-free and without too much uh, judgment, I would say, on what's going to happen. Yeah, they need left tackle Bernard Raymond, third rounder, ex-tight end. Um, they need him to have a better season. But obviously, he was a rookie last year, so I hope he'll take a step up. But yeah, if you look at it, the offensive line, you've got a second round pick, first round pick, first round pick, third round pick, and then either a seventh round pick or a fourth round pick, playing right guard. In theory, it should be good, but like I said, like you said last year, the older guys had bad years, and the tackles just they, yeah, they, neither of them were good last season. Um, did you watch the uh, throw that was going around about Anthony Richardson when he should just throw it away against Buffalo? He just threw it straight to Taylor Rapp, straight in his arms. Like, I did, I did see that. Yeah, it was. I think we're going to have a few moments like that this season, but hopefully, smothered in with a few moments of absolute arm talent as well. Yeah, he has got some speed there, like Bashar Perryman, Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, Michael Pitt, uh, sorry, um, Alex Pierce, or Alec Pierce. They're all very quick, so there'll be some down the field throws, some play action bombs. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I am worried that the, that the mistakes might be an issue, and then can he kind of coach them out of himself throughout the year? But we'll see. I'm excited to see it. Um, last thought on the offense: got to end on the running back position. Jonathan Taylor is on PUP. A lot of rumors he'll be coming back into camp. Obviously, had the issue with the owner with his contract. He isn't on the tag or anything. He actually is under contract for this year. So it's not a similar situation to Saquon. Like he kind of has to play or else his fines are absolutely huge. What do you think happens with that for this season? I know long term we'll talk about it in the off season, but for this season, any issues? Do you think he'll just come back and play? And then maybe whenever he's got a slight injury, he'll just be a bit more cautious than previous years? Yeah, it feels like that that's going to happen. Obviously, he had the big thing with the trade, one of the trade out of there and, He's just going to have to come back and play, but like it's not great when it's perhaps your, your top guy or your top talent is going to be playing maybe cautiously, or if he gets a little niggle, he's going to sit out. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation, isn't it, for, for, for Taylor? They've got the big man, Kenyon Drake, on the roster, Jesus ready to take some snaps. So, yeah, we'll see. I think he'll be on the team this year, but, yeah, I just don't think anyone will trade for Jonathan Taylor. I think we've seen the value of running backs go so down so far. If you trade for him, then you have to also pay him. It's just, it just doesn't seem like a, a very clever decision for, for teams. But, yeah, I think the offense is going to be a bit of a roller coaster this year for, for them. And they've got Jim Bob Cooter, by the way, as OC. So yeah, yeah. One of the best names in football. Um, on to the defense, then. Now, you mentioned the Titans have the best on-paper defence in the, the league. I think they might have the best results because I think the coaching is so great. But looking at the names on this side of the ball for the Colts, it's a pretty nice defence, mate. So in terms of the off-season, they added Samson Ebukam, um, really good kind of third-down pass rusher from San Francisco. Um, 
they added Adebayoare in the fourth round of the draft. He was the guy that ripped up the combine that everyone absolutely crazy for. Um, and they added Juju Brents in the second round. I think it was out of Kansas. He's an absolute speed demon for a corner. Uh, very, very athletic. I love Nick Cross, who they got in the draft last year, third round. He's a good player. Uh, and then Kenny Moore, um, he's a really good player. He's going to play kind of probably nickel corner. Um, I think one of their issues is they lost, uh, I can't remember his name now, they lost one of their starting corners um, for gambling. I can't remember who that was, but they lost him and they replaced him with a guy called Dallas Flowers, who I have no idea who that is. Um, so for me, apart from one corner spot, but they've lost a guy for gambling and obviously they've lost Stefan Gilmore to, to the Cowboys. Um, I think that the defense looks really good, mate, especially the the front four backups and obviously linebacker, you've got to kill Leonard. If he can stay healthy, then I think the defense could be really good. Yeah, as far as top-tier talent goes, I said that Tennessee was the best um, defence of the division, but you got the top-tier talent, DeForest Buckner and uh, Shaq Leonard, if he stays on the field, is probably the best two overall players in the division. That's the uh, bit more out of quitty pay this season. That'll be interesting. He, this is what surprises me. That he was the only first-round pick from the Colts on the defence which is that surprises me overall with the like they have got some talent up front in the linebacker room, but yeah, only one first round pick, which I just found interesting. And I think that tells when you kind of look at the cornerback room, um, and the overall secondary. I do like Kenny Moore from the from New England, but overall, I don't know, mate. I think that for me, why I'd go Tennessee. Over Indianapolis, just the whole secondary is kind of not great on paper, yeah. is it? Yeah, they are missing, definitely missing a um, definitely <clears throat> missing a corner. Um, yeah, you are right on the first first round pick. That's what happens when you um, have a trade for uh, Carson Wentz. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely very true. It doesn't normally end well. Um, but yeah, I think the front's good and secondary definitely a weakness. Uh, they also do play some teams that like to run the ball, so I do think they'll be good against the run. Grover Stewart's a pretty good nose tackle against the run, absolutely huge bloke. So um, yeah, the secondary is definitely definitely a worry. I think the DC as well, Gus Bradley. I know he had a couple of good games last year, one against the Chiefs. Historically, has some really poor showings against good offenses in the NFL. So I'm a little bit worried about can he coach up a difference and improve the defense. That, his defences need a lot more talent on, in the secondary to stand the chance sometimes. But, um, like I said earlier, they have got the, what is it, the third easiest schedule in the league. So they have got chances to win games, but they just need to not turn the ball over, run the ball well, and obviously hope the defence can, can stay strong. But we'll see. I mean, the defence could be better than last year because, again, Shaq Leonard and um, Grover Stewart suffered from from a few missed games for injury. Um Last team, then the Texans, another uh, team with a rookie quarterback. They've gone with someone, I guess, who was deemed as more kind of NFL ready. Um, he'll also be the starter. That's obviously CJ Stroud. Uh, this team, a bit more kind of upheaval, really. So D'Amico Ryans is the head coach, the brand new head coach. They've got Bobby Slowick as the OC on offense, who used to work for PFF, who's a bit of a legend. Um, on the offensive line, they well, they give everyone contracts. <laughs> they traded for Shaq Mason, gave him a contract. They gave Tyus Howard a contract. They gave Larry Tunsil the biggest left tackle con- contract. They'll hope Kenyon Green can improve, and they draft uh, Juice Sh- Shrugs, who's actually a guard, but they're going to play him at, at centre. Um, they were the team that kind of signs veterans every year, so a lot of their positions are very, very different. They got Dalton Schultz at tight end. They got Devin Singletree as backup running back. Tank Dell, they took in the draft. Robert Woods, they traded for from Tennessee. Uh, John Mechie's back after his leukemia scare. Um, so they made a lot of changes on the offense. Um, how good do you think the offense will be? Because the wide receiver room has names everyone will know and has some young guys that maybe eventually could be really good. But it's not kind of that. There's no star or even very good names as there. It's kind of a good offensive line with not much else, it feels like. Yeah, I feel like Robert Woods is the most recognisable name for people, and he's taken a real kind of uh, step back last season. He was not good at all. Uh, Tank Dell has apparently been very, very good in training camp. Overall, it's quite solid. I quite like Nico Collins, and I really hope that Mechias can get on the field and just kind of produce to his level now. He obviously, his health scares over. We've got Noah Brown from the Cowboys like it's okay 
isn't it? I mean, the line is they built that, spent a lot of money, a lot of draft capital on the line. I, man, I'm not sure about CJ Stroud at all. <laughs> um, that's the big worry, isn't it, for Tennessee, kind of for uh, Houston, sorry. Just getting out of this. I mean, you know, looking back 10 to five to 10 years ago when they had Bill O'Brien that was kind of the division for a while, that is a long, long gone. And I feel like CJ Stroud may keep them at the bottom of the division for the next three years. I really hope that. I really hope you can. I hate the term like the most NFL ready. Do you know when that comes in the draft, that means it's just not going to get any better than he actually is. <laughs> I feel like that's the that's that kind of the lingo for that. So I really hope he can become the first ever Ohio State quarterback to actually be okay, at least, <laughs> because he's not had a good history, has it? But uh, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried for Stroud, but he has got a great line. Must be one of the best lines for a rookie quarterback to come into. You, you cannot, the, the tackles and the interior is also really, really solid. So, yeah, the, the situation for him is, is OK. I like the, what they've got in the running back. I really like Damien Pierce. So, uh, and I think he's got enough there in his wide receiver room to be OK. I really hope that he is, but I'm not sure, to be honest. I haven't seen anything of him in pre-season, I'm going to be honest with you. Have you? Unfortunately, he did have a bit of a bad drive that I watched. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As someone, as someone who likes CJ Stroud. Um, and he's wearing number seven, which I love for a quarterback. Yeah, same here. That's a great number. It's a great number. It's a very college football number. Um so, yeah, I've only watched two drives, and uh, it wasn't very good on one of them. <laughs> Reports out of camp was that he was doing well, and then uh, him and Tank Dell obviously built up a good relationship, but uh, I think he's thrown some picks in, in, in camp, which, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes threw loads of picks in his first camp, but yeah. it sounded like CJ Stroud's picks were a little bit more kind of what-you-doing throws rather than trying to take risks down the field. It was a bit more kind of like you've just not seen like a linebacker in the zone or whatever it may be, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I was higher on CJ in the, the draft than you, wasn't I, as well, I think. Yeah, you were, yeah. I, I, I genuinely do hope that he that he can come out and like be a pretty good average NFL starting quarterback. I don't think he can be much more than that, but let's see. I hope, I really hope I'm wrong because I, I love when the young talent comes into the league and performs. So it's, yeah, let's see. Well, if he's not good, they got Davis Mills and Case Keenum, which are ironically okay backups for the NFL. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I agree with you. He, he, offensive line-wise, it's, it's such a great position for a rookie. Rookies picked in the early in the draft normally have awful offensive lines unless they've had a massive trade, like the Chiefs trading up for Mahomes, obviously. But bad teams don't normally have good lines. So it, it's a massive benefit for him for how good the, uh, how good the line is. And obviously, like I said earlier, strength of schedule, as you'd expect, is pretty good. So he's going to have some defences that he can probably go at. I think he'll throw the ball a lot more than Anthony Richardson obviously will in uh, in Indianapolis. Um, also, they'll probably go for a lot on fourth down because their OC, like I said, used to work for PFF. After that was analytics guy for a couple of NFL teams. So uh, I expect them to to go for a lot on, on fourth down. Um, on to defence then. On the defence, definitely stuck with the strategy of adding old veterans. Um, they got Desmond King uh, from played for, well, played for loads of teams, but Chargers historically. But Tennessee last year kind of added him on a one-year deal. Jimmy Ward from San Francisco, good safety on a one-year deal. Stephen Nelson from Philly on a one-year deal. Um, Denzel Perryman from the Raiders on a one-year deal. Sheldon Rankins from the Jets on a one-year deal. Uh, Sam Ridgeway from San Francisco on a one-year deal. So they've definitely added just veterans that Ofsted hope won't make massive mistakes. Um, their pass rush is not great. Jerry Hughes was actually pretty good last year, but he's quite old for a pass rusher. So their veteran pass rush group isn't great, but they did make that crazy trade up that I still disagree with <laughs> for Will Anderson. Um, and looking at the defense, mate, a lot of it's going to fall on how good is Will Anderson? Can Devin Singletary and Jalen Petrie be as good as they were last year? Because then you've got three young, young players that could be top defenders, but if one of them or two of them don't quite hit the heights, I think the defence could probably be quite bad. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the secondary, the the two young guys, you know, if they can live up to their billing in the draft, then then it could be good. Obviously, you've got Desmond King and Jimmy Ward there as well. And then Nelson, that was at the Eagles and Steelers. Could, that could be, the secondary could be okay to good, but it also could be very bad, <laughs> which to me is uh, quite a worry. There's not a lot up front, is there? To no, give, but not from Will Anderson, who knows what he's going to be like in his rookie year, but there's not a lot there up front to protect your secondary, is there at all? That's my worry. I just don't know how much pressure they're going to get. That's the <clears throat> I just don't think they're going to get the pressure. And obviously, they play the AFC North, this division, like we've already spoke about. So, you're going to need to get pressure on Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, <laughs> and maybe even Deshaun Watson, or else you're going to get the ball thrown over your head a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit worried. I, I think they've got good players that are like, if they played for my team, and they were the second or third kind of pass rusher of a rotation I'd like, but that's with a really good interior. And a couple of like rookies. I mean, this team is kind of like Will Anderson and then not a lot else. So, yeah, I do think that they're going to struggle for pressure. If they could go in and add a, a veteran pass rusher from somewhere, I think that could really help the team. But, yeah, I think the defence could give up a lot of points, which worries me for the offence because with those wide receivers, you want a couple of drives, like long drives are cool. We scored a field goal. We've had a 12-play touchdown drive. Great. But you don't want to be able to score 35 points to win a game with those wide receivers. So, I think the defense could definitely be the problem. Although D'Amico Ryan's is a good defensive head coach, uh, defensive coach. That's his bread and butter, isn't it? So if he can coach a good scheme, maybe he can uplift the talent, and it'll be a little bit like the Jets, where then the year after they go, they go after and start adding some big name defensive players and, and go again. Maybe he's just so good as a coach that so they can overcome that. But we can't tell that right now, can we? We have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, exactly. You know the. They've got the kind of the coaching is in, is there, isn't it, in the first season? Obviously, he's he is a defensive guy, but obviously he's not used to being making the big decisions on the whole game, is he? So, yeah, we'll see how that gets on. I really hope that uh, Will Anderson can kind of live up to the billing to this. Uh, they paid a hefty price in the end to get the both oh. of them, couldn't they? Yeah, so, <laughs> huge price, too much probably, but. Um, yeah, he needs to be good. There's a lot of pressure on Will. There's almost more pressure on Will Anderson because of the trade up than there is on CJ Stroud. I think in year one, because if Will Anderson doesn't generate pressure, I think the defense is just gonna be a bit, a bit, a bit of a disaster. But we'll see. Um, they also have a kicker that I have got in most of my fantasy teams. So can Airburn please get close enough to kick some 50-yard field goals? Like I need CJ Stroud to get him close enough uh, just to kick some through the upright. So uh, we'll see. Um, Cool. That's it for the defense. Um, should, I wanted to do this last last week just to see where your thoughts were for the, for the uh, NFC South, but I didn't. But AFC South, all four teams. Just want you to quickly guess what you think the win total is. So how good? The, like you've looked at the rosters, you know the media chat behind each of these teams. Let's go. Let's go see what you think the Vegas win totals are. Um, I think these are from eight eight sports. So are, we, are we going in point fives? Yeah, then yeah, point fives, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm gonna go. So Jacksonville first. What do you think? Nine point five. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Correct. Titans. Eight point five. They're seven point five. Oh, really? Low. Yeah. I'm really asking for these two teams. The Colts. Four point five. Six point five. Wow. I know. And then the Texans. The Texans, I'll go same again at 4.5. Also 6.5. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I know. Not a chance. It is absolutely, uh, yeah. It was wild when we did the division previews for the Full 10 Yards betting show. Like 6.5 for both of them. I think we all said just bet under on both of them and you're going to win one of the two. Like guaranteed. <laughs> We've even started. But yeah, I think it's such an easy schedule because they play each other that people think this is going to be easy. But they also do play, like I said, the fifth time. They play the AFC North. So um, they're probably going to lose all those games, most of these teams. But um, we'll, we'll see. On to predictions then. I think you went first last time, didn't you? So it's my turn. I'm just going to see how many playoff teams I've got. That might lead you to something i've got uh i need two div- you need to have two divisions with two don't you that's how it works if you don't have one with three yeah if you don't have one with three you'll need because we're gonna go seven playoff teams 
Yeah, so I've how, already got... How many do we both have at the moment? So for the AFC, I, uh, we both, I've got the Bills. Yeah. You've got Bills and Jets. Yeah. Uh, I've got Ravens and Bengals. You've got Ravens and Bengals. So you've only got one to give anyway. Um, so yeah, you're going to have to give one for the AFC West and the... <laughs> and the uh, no, I've got two for the West, right? I've got three left. Six teams. Seven teams, so. Oh, yeah, you have got three. How many have I got left, then? Oh, I can give two as well, can't I? Mm. I don't want to stitch myself for the West here. So oh, you'll have to go three for the West if you go one. Well, no, my plan was to do... Well, we'll talk about it in a minute, but yeah, I, I thought I'd stitch myself up there. But anyway, so predictions, that's what we've got. You've got yeah. three teams left to play. I've got four. Because um, maybe I've, I've kind of gone against the Jets, and now you're basically a Jets fan. Um <laughs> So I'm going for the division winners to be the Tennessee Titans. I think the defense is going to be good enough. I think Vrabel's a beast of a coach. I think it'll be close. Maybe they win nine games, ten games. And I think the Jags' defense is bad enough that even if the offense is better, just because they've got a much harder schedule than they had last year, um, first-place schedule, I think that they'll lose some of those big games to, to, to some good teams. So I'm going to go for the Titans, but I think it'll probably go down to the last – two weeks of the season when there's basically divisional matchups across the AFC South. Who are you going for? I'm going for Tennessee as well. Oh, I did not think you were going to do that. And I'm going to go for Tennessee. I think the old thing, when I've looked back this morning, if you'd have asked me this morning before I took a look through everything, I might have gone Jacksonville, but the win total wasn't as high as I remember. And yeah, I like the way that Tennessee's schedule falls at the end as well. And Yeah, overall, solid team. Trusting Brayball, his coaching is has been great since he came into the league, and I think the obviously we know the injuries took him apart last season. Got a tough start. We both could regret this or be feeling a little bit worried after the start of Saints, Chargers, Browns, and Bengals. <laughs> then it does get easier. So, but I'm gonna go. It's gonna be close, isn't it? But I would prefer the Jags to win it, but. I'm just gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Tennessee. Oh, one last for ride for Derek Henry. One last Henry Vrabel ride. Let's. Yeah. We're all in. We're all in on the pod. Maybe it's, this is gonna be the team of the podcast for the year. Every podcast I listen to seems to have a team that isn't their actual team that they both like. Maybe the Titans might end up being ours. Uh, second, I'm obviously gonna go with Jags. Then I assume you are as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, think the, I think the gap is gonna be sizable as well. Yeah, I agree. I think the two teams will be close. I think both teams, I could see the Jags getting eight wins, but I think maybe they both get nine or like they'll get somewhere between nine or 10. And I think even if they both get nine Titans, maybe beat the Jags in a game that, 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 that is a tiebreaker, something like that. Um, third, then I'm mixing it up. I'm going with the Texans. Whoa. Third, I think CJ Stroud will make less mistakes. I'm worried about the Colts offensive line. I'm worried about the Colts owner being an absolute lunatic and doing something stupid on social media or firing a coach or trading a running back for a seventh round pick or something stupid. So I'm going Texas third, Colts fourth. I assume you're probably going to flip those, are you? Yeah, I'm going to go Indianapolis third. Just obviously the defense, I feel, is stronger overall. And uh, I scared myself. As we were talking earlier, I was just looking back through the last few seasons of... um, of the Texans and they've won they won no home games last season and overall <laughs> overall they've won four home games in three seasons I mean my if you're a season ticket holder mate you are begging that <laughs> CJ Stroud is good three, four home wins in three seasons is a disgrace so I'm sticking with that trend and going Indianapolis third and Houston fourth Eagles and Chiefs got four home wins in their first five games last season. (laughs) (laughs) It's not great. Um, Cool. So I've gone Titans first, Jags second, Texans third, Colts fourth. Patrick's gone Titans first, Jags second, Colts third, Texans fourth. So flip those two at the bottom. Um, I have to go two playoff teams because I'm not going to go three from the West. So I think, which kind of, I'm looking at this now and I've kind of stitched myself because... The Jags probably need to win 10 games to be a wild card in the AFC. 
and I've kind of said Titans are going to win the division with nine. <laughs> so something <laughs> doesn't quite correlate there, but I've kind of, I don't want to go back and change my old prediction. So I'm going two playoff teams, Titans and Jag. I assume you're just going to go one and the Titans and. Yeah, I'm just going to go one. Yeah, but I would love to see Jacksonville get back in. I think, um, I mean, that puts pay to your question of asking me if Trevor Lawrence can kind of be up there for the MVP chat, doesn't it, finishing in second with yeah. no playoff space. But, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong on that. and I'd love to see Jacksonville again back in the playoffs. Yeah, he'd need to be a top two record in the AFC to be an MVP, not second in the division, would you? So that's, yeah, a, exactly. that's a difficult thing for, for them. Um, yeah, and I hope that wouldn't mean if they do finish second and miss the playoffs that Doug Peterson's job would be at risk. But I... Uh, I doubt it. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the South done. So we've done the East, done the North, done the South. We've got the West next week. Probably going to try and do two podcasts next week so we can get both the Wests out before plenty of time before the season. Uh, remember to go follow us at Go42Pod, two being the number two. Remember to go look at all the full 10-yard stuff that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I think you can actually get free tickets now if you reserve a spot, but you just don't get a free drink. So um, yeah, there's some, some real good kind of offers on there. And then remember to go follow Patrick at Mugs NFL on Twitter or X as they call it now and uh, make sure you buy a Calvin Ridley double zero hoodie because someone has to buy a double zero hoodie but we'll see um, enjoy your weekend everyone and we will speak to you guys soon yeah I'll speak to you soon everyone